You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hello, coaches. I'm so glad that you are back listening again. And please know how much I appreciate you that you are sharing my podcast with other coaches, especially coaches in the first three years of their business. That's what my expertise is really all about. What we're going to do today is another on-air coaching session, and I have been getting fabulous feedback from you all. You really like these sessions. I know it's fun to hear somebody else coach, and it's fun to hear somebody be coached about, potentially, a topic that is really important to you. Today, I have Ellen Fowler with me. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ellen. And then our aim is basically to find out who her target audience is and if we have time to dig into the niche a little bit as well. Ellen Fowler has worked in the field of training, organizational, and leadership development for over 25 years. Her experience includes work in the public and private sectors as well as academia. She lived and worked in Ireland for 12 years, so she has firsthand understanding of the challenges of cultural diversity and radical life change. She is also an ordained Christian minister. Ellen's career has always involved working with individuals, whether as a counselor, teacher, consultant, or coach. She's been clarifying her focus on individual coaching since moving back to the States a couple of years ago. Ellen, I'm so glad that you are with me today. I'm delighted to be here. Well, you know, I have given a little bit of an introduction to you, but what I would love it if you would share with listeners is a little bit more about your work history and your skill set because it's pretty deep and wide too. And I think it'll just uh, give everybody a little bit of information they need before we dig in. Okay. I actually started my career working as a minister. And then due to life circumstances, I became a single mother and needed to make a little bit more money than I had been making before. That's when I got into the field of training and organizational and leadership development. I worked for a branch of a university in Maine that did consulting with state government. That was my public sector experience. We worked with the Department of Human Services, helping people become more effective in their workplaces and careers. And then I moved to L.L. Bean, which is an outdoor goods company based in Maine. And I managed a department that did learning and communication and leadership and organizational development for all the customer service arm of the company, about 1,500 year-round employees that ramped up to about 4,000 in the pre-Christmas season. And then I married an Irishman and moved to Ireland. (laughs) And I ended up helping faculty in the local university improve their teaching practice. I would help them create sound and measurable learning outcomes for their courses. And then I would observe them and give them feedback that would help them improve their practice. And then I transitioned into teaching adults who were coming back to the workplace. And they were learning about 
how to make their companies more efficient. And so I taught them leadership, teamwork, change management, diversity management, all that kind of stuff. You are bringing so much to the table. To me, a lot of what you've shared involves a high degree of coaching all throughout it. So you are just primed for being a coach. And Ellen, are you interested in being an entrepreneur? And in that, I mean, having your own business, running your own business, doing all the things that goes with that. I am. I, I like the idea of running my own business. I'm, I'm a little bit intimidated by the marketing side of things. And I'm not the best person at administrative stuff and staying organized. I really love the thought of having the freedom to work when I want and have a livelihood that's portable. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you like to travel and and why not? That's one of the great things about being a coach and being an entrepreneur. This is going to be fun. You've come to me today with two main ideas of target audiences, and they're pretty disparate, but that's okay. And I would love it if you would tell us what those two ideas are. Okay. One is women who are mid-career, professional slash management, who, who know that there are things that aren't going for them the way they'd like, like that they feel somehow stuck in their careers. And the reason why I've thought about them is because I've worked with a lot of women who are in that situation. And I've seen themes as far as why they are stuck. And I've been able to help them develop strategies to move forward in their careers. So that's one idea. And my other idea is church leaders. I came up with that idea partly because I am an ordained clergy person myself, and my faith is very important to me, but also because I am actually currently coaching about 10 clergy and staff from a church group in Pennsylvania, and I'm getting more referrals from that group. And I thought, well, gosh, I already have a toehold there, and maybe there's a way to leverage that and expand to, they're all currently from one denomination. So I thought, is there a way that I could find access to other groups of clergy or church leaders that would be interested in the kind of work that I've done? And I should say that that work that I've done with them is based on some instruments in which I'm certified, developed by a company in Chicago called Human Synergistics. They're instruments that help people identify behaviors that they're using that are either effective or ineffective and develop action plans for changing those. And I love that work too. Okay. Do you mind if we spend a little bit more time on the church leaders piece to start? Sure. Okay, great. I want to admit to you that I, I have a little bit of a spark for this idea for you, and I'm not at all attached. I think it's unique, and I think that the mid-career women managers is not so unique and also not necessarily all that easy in terms of accessibility. Okay. I have a bunch of questions for you. Great. 
What do you love about working with clergy and what do you enjoy about the human synergistics instrument? Well, let me start with the instruments. I've done, you know, I've used different instruments for kind of leadership and professional development with people. I'm certified in Myers-Briggs using the Myers-Briggs type indicator. I'm familiar with the Enneagram and the DISC profile and a couple of other leadership kind of surveys, 360s or, or individual surveys. I really like human synergistics instruments because they're based on a very well-researched conceptual model that is behavioral and that gives you quite a lot of information about specific behaviors that you use that are either effective or ineffective. The, the data that you get is very applicable. And they've developed a suite of instruments, which is another thing I like. There's one that can be taken by any individual in an organization that's a 360. I can take a survey that gives me a picture of how I think I need to behave in order to survive and thrive in the world that's laid over against this conceptual model. And I can invite up to 12 people to respond on my behalf. And that gives me a whole nother set of data about how how other people perceive me. And so I get this really rich and in-depth picture of my self-concept and other people's perceptions of me all laid over against this model, which has been proven to tie into effectiveness on a number of dimensions of personal and professional life. That's the instrument that I've used the most. But there is also an instrument for, for working teams. There's one for frontline leaders. There's one for strategic leaders. And there's an organizational culture instrument, survey instrument, all based on the same conceptual model. You can get whole groups and even whole organizations using the same language about desired behaviors. And it, the model's very easy to incorporate into performance management within the organization. It sounds fabulous. Yeah, it's impressive. I can hear your passion about this work. Let me ask you about the money piece. Uh, Are you getting paid for coaching those 10 clergy? I am. And how do you feel about the pay? Well, on one hand, I feel very blessed because the way that I got connected with this particular group was that the man who's in charge, who kind of was with me when I got trained on one of the human synergistics instruments, and he really believes in the instruments. And he, we connected at this training and he said, I think I'd like you to do some work for me. Mm. He's given me carte blanche really in terms of working with people individually and doing some group interventions. And he trusts me for pricing. Oh, great. Well, all of that sounds really, really good to me. And it sounds like one of those right time, right place sort of opportunity that happen. You never know what's going to happen. If you target an audience and choose a niche and really focus in, those kinds of opportunities actually happen more often. I'm wondering if you have any kind of a feeling right now, Ellen, about whether the church leaders 
or the women in mid-career management is more attractive to you? I've gone both ways. I can talk myself into either one. I think with both of them, my sort of inability to commit comes down to how do I get in front of these people? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to go with church leaders, how do I create a presence that allows me to expand beyond the particular denomination with which I'm now involved? And also a slight hesitation with them is there are so many churches that are really primarily volunteer run. I don't know about how many church groups would feel that they're able to pay well. I completely understand your concerns, and I don't really share them at this moment. The people that you're working with right now, could you imagine them writing a testimonial for you and being willing to be a referral for you? Yes. That's really good news. So here you have in your purview right now, you are working with 10 clergy in one very specific church organization, and the leader of which trusts you and signs your checks. You know, he, he has no issue with what you are billing. Yes. There are a lot of wealthy churches, and there are some mid-sized churches. If you're to have an international business, I imagine that there would be plenty of clients for you. It may be a little bit of footwork if you found out that these people actually do read blogs and get on social media and things like that. And I just, that would be part of a market research piece to find out where are they staying connected? Where are they doing their own development, whether it be personal or professional? Where are the communities they tap into? Those kinds of things. How would you feel about starting with a more offline, sort of low tech? approach. Oh, I like that. <laughs> okay, good. And that's the old-fashioned way, right? Not everybody has to have a lot of social media channels going. Yeah, in between doing research or, you know, sending articles and that kind of stuff. I'm not too worried about you being able to find and access these people, especially when you have a pretty clear set of outcomes that you help them achieve. And you have powerful marketing language and you have testimonials and things like that. So, and those are all things that I can help you create in a way that is appealing. Okay. That's great. And so I'm thinking that the mid-career women managers market is less favorable, yep. less viable is really my term. And by viability, what I mean is that it is that people are easy to find, easy to access, eager to evolve, willing to invest, and narrow enough. Because they are inside of an organization, you would be wanting them to pay out of their own pocket for their work, which means reaching them primarily through the internet, through online methods. And there's a lot of noise out there already for the whole career and particularly women in career area. Yes. Now, that said, I don't want to talk you out of anything because there are ways, you know, there are ways that you could get in front of those people. There are ways to distinguish your niche. There are ways to distinguish your message. 
it just might be a little bit harder and not quite as much fitting with your sensibilities and the way that you want to really market your business. You know, so it, it's been hard for me to refine that particular niche down. And it's also been hard for me to say, it's what I have to offer that's unique because it's so much about like, in what relationship do you have to learn to communicate better? Let's talk it through. What's, you know, what obstacles are preventing you from doing it or mindset? So it's very geared to the individual situation and relationship. And so it's hard to put that into a 30 second sales pitch. Yeah. I think a lot of the reason why I'm leaning towards the other market is because you already have a foot in the door. You already have experience under your belt. And it sounds like you're having an impact and enjoying the work. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, and it's funny because I've been thinking that somehow they would be more accessible than the church leaders. But when you when you bring up that aspect, you're right. I just feel like you've already got an entree in there. And and also because you have been, as you put it, an itinerant minister yourself, that really carries a lot of weight. Very much. And I do want to say again for all the listeners, you don't have to have had experience or expertise in order to work with a target audience. And if you do, there are some bonuses. Right. It's just the reality of it, being able to leverage that experience. Yes. The church leaders themselves, I think, would just have a higher layer of respect for you because you have been in their shoes to some degree. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, I do. I, I love having the freedom to bring in the spiritual aspect of life, which I think is kind of fundamental to certainly to effectiveness as a minister. But I think there are so many principles, biblical principles that apply across the board. And to have sort of a common language and a common agreement with the people that I'm working with about the importance of the spiritual side of life is really a bonus for me. Yeah, there's a lot of joy there. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Could you check in with yourself? And ask yourself, is the church leader's audience one that you can get fully behind with your heart and soul, with your mind and spirit? Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Well, congratulations first, because it, it is, I know, something that you've been contemplating and very intelligently. And now you have a really solid direction. I'm excited. Good. Let's talk just a little bit about niche. We won't go too deep into this just because of timing, but I am so inspired by your background and by these instruments that you have access to and that you have expertise in using. If you had to say it just based on your own experience, what is the number one challenge and the number one outcome, tangible outcome that church leaders really have? Like a desired outcome, do you mean? Yes, challenges as well as outcomes. And I want you to think specifically on the, the challenges, what's acute? What's like up? It's the topic of conversation in every meeting they have. 
And then same thing, you know, maybe very similar, the ultimate desired outcome or goal that they have may be related to that challenge or may, may not be. Mm. But could you, could you name that just for the sake of trying something here? I'd say the number one challenge is how do they avoid burnout? Because there's always somebody needing something and they're often understaffed and overworked. They feel called to the work, which is a sort of um, burden of responsibility in itself. (laughs) I think they get into it because they want to help other people be transformed. And then they find it more and more difficult to stay in the place where they can actually help people do that. Okay. And can you imagine how your human synergistic instrument and other instruments you have might be applied? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, good. That may very well be the top challenge and top goal that you hone in on for this audience. And I always say, just hold it in a safe place, but don't click on it, you know, fully and go forward with it until you do the market research. And I think then you may find that what you're thinking is confirmed, or you may realize, oh, there's something above that or something a little bit more evocative related to that or something like that. But it rings true for me when I think about it, that can become such a burden and can start to wear away their faith. Yes, exactly right. Yep. Well, Ellen, this has been so much fun working with you. And I'm so excited for you. I really feel that this is a strong target audience for you, a viable target audience, and I'm really excited to see what you do with it. Well, thank you. Thank you for helping me think it through. It's been really enlightening and really, really helpful. Excellent. So thank you. Oh, good. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening in today. And I look forward to sharing something new with you next time. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.